Hello, everyone, and welcome to It Was a Different Time, the podcast where we explore the social and cultural changes that 60-plus-year-olds have experienced in their lifetimes. I'm your host, Natalie Wetkesser. On today's episode, we'll be talking to Sherry Scafidi, a 68-year-old transgender woman from Brooklyn, New York. Okay, my name is Sherry Scafidi. I'm originally from New York. I was born in Brooklyn. In 1949, which makes me 68 years old. I knew from the time I was about nine that I was different. But back then, I didn't know what it was. I just knew I enjoyed the company of girls and women more than I enjoyed the company of men. And I felt like I had way more feminine traits than male traits. Culturally... Back then, it was illegal. When I first started thinking about it, it was illegal to be gay, it was illegal to be lesbian, it was illegal to dress as a preferred gender, whether you were male to female or female to male. Up to 1972, if you were presenting as a man and just had lipstick on, you could be arrested in New York City. That's how much things have changed. So like many male to female trans people, I did things to try to hide my feminine side. I played football, I played lacrosse. I joined the Navy when I was 19 years old. Um, I got married when I was 20 to someone I had met when I was nine. It was very difficult knowing that I was different but not knowing what I was. It was, it was very difficult because I thought that I was what pe- most people would call at the time a cross-dresser. I just felt very, I felt much more comfortable presenting as female, even though it was only part-time. Uh, I used to wear a wig. Uh, I started dressing whenever I had the opportunity as female, probably when I was in my early teens, whenever I had the opportunity. It just made me feel correct, like the person I was supposed to be. Gave me a sense of calm. No more of the the crazy masculine stuff. Uh, Could be much more empathetic. Could be much more emotional than I always felt like I was, but it couldn't show. Um, I stayed in New York till I was 20 when my wife and I got married. The Navy was going to send me to Port Wainimi, which is in Northern California, to a huge CB base. I was in CBs, which is the construction battalion. But because I was made fun of a lot of in the Navy, I wound up with an ulcer and got an early discharge and then moved to San Diego anyway. And we spent a little over 20 years in San Diego, and which I hated the whole time I was there, which people don't understand. But I just didn't like being there. We moved to Northern Nevada in 1991. After moving to Northern Nevada in 1991, Sherry finally had the courage to open up to her wife. I told my wife about being transgender in the mid-1990s and did not go over well with her at all. Uh, 
So we had what we considered a don't ask, don't tell relationship about it. I would um, do things out. I would have to go to Las Vegas quite often on business, and I would present as my authentic self. Around that time, probably 1995 or so, I learned what transgender was, and I realized that's what I was. There was no reason to be ashamed about it. It was a natural phenomenon. But uh, it did not, like I say, it did not go over well with her. Uh, so we got, kind of kept it hidden. Uh, she passed away in 2012. And two and a half years later is when I couldn't live my life as male anymore. And I wound up having to tell my three grown children, which terrified me. <laughs> um, fortunately, all three of them are totally accepting. And I actually live, no, I take that back. He actually lives with me. My 33-year-old son lives with me right now. Um, and we get along famously. I still, We still do the same things we always like to do together. We like to go shooting. Uh, we have a model railroad that we work on together. But I look different than I did three and a half years ago. And I'm happier. I'm living the life that I felt like I should have lived most of my life, if not all of my life. Actually, I started the hormones before I came out to my, my kids. So I probably started hormones, oh, February of 2015. And that's when I realized I had to tell them. So a month later is when I came out to them. And when I started on this transition journey, um, the first thing I noticed when I started taking hormones was that my emotions went through the roof. I would cry at just about anything. Um, songs would make me cry. TV shows would make me cry. Uh, whether it was happy or sad, I would cry about it. So that was the very first thing I noticed about, uh, about being on hormones. And there are other physical changes that happened, but that was the one that hit me the hardest with the emotions. After beginning hormone therapy and coming out to her family, Sherry decided it was the right time to come out to her friends and family as well. I, I am so fortunate in that I have not had any bad reaction whatsoever. Um, for people who are local to the area, they may know of a rather large sporting goods store that's in Legends called Shields. I started working at Shields before they opened it up with probably 12 or 13 other guys, because I was presenting as male at the time, in the firearm department. I sold guns with those guys for six years. And every one of those macho guys totally accepts me for who I am, which actually brings a tear to my eye because they just could not be, they, they could not be more accepting of who I am. Uh, my family, all back in New York, brothers, sister, cousins, old friends. Uh, this past summer, I was back in New York for six weeks. I had lunch with a friend, my sister and I had lunch with a friend of ours who I hadn't seen in 50 years. And she was totally accepting of who I was. Uh, two years in a row, I've had lunch with a friend of mine from high school back in New York, and he is totally, he and his wife are both totally accepting of who I am. 
So I have not had a hard time once I came out. Before I came out, yeah, I did. Um, and a lot of it stems from the fact that I am way more comfortable in my skin and who I am now that I'm out in public and people know about me. But when I was hiding it part-time, I got, I got read, I got made more than I do. I haven't gotten any negativity now at all since I've come out. Sherry attributes all the love and support that she got from her friends and family to the women who have come out before her in the media. There is a, 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 a word around now, it's called trans-trending, and people think that, oh, it's just trending. It's just a trend to be transgender, and it's more that people starting to feel more comfortable coming out. People are knowing a little bit more about what being transgender is. When I was growing up, the only trans person that anybody had ever heard of was Christine Jorgensen. And many people don't even know who she was. Uh, now we know about models. We know about Caitlyn Jenner. We know about Laverne Cox. We know about Janet Mock. We know about so many high-profile trans women um, and trans men, Chaz Bono. And so people are not that there's more of us now, it's just that more of us feel more comfortable coming out about it. Sherry believes that one of the largest problems in the transgender community is that people simply don't know their rights. People don't know. They don't know what their rights are. They don't know what the laws are. And so that's what I get involved with. Uh, this year we had, I think, seven... LGBT-friendly bills that went through the legislature, and the governor signed five of them. Um, in, back in 2011, we passed a bathroom bill. So you can, in the state of Nevada, you can use any public restroom that you identify as. So I identify as female. Makes no difference what's in my pants. I can go use a female restroom anywhere in the state. And there's pretty, I'm pretty much covered by law to do it. Nobody can tell me I can't. There's no such thing as gender police, which a lot of people think there are, but there aren't. People don't know that they can use the proper restroom that they, that, that they identify as. We just got some laws passed that make it easier to get your birth certificate changed in Nevada. Um, we got a new law that makes it less invasive to do your legal name change for a trans person in Nevada. You no longer have to publish that in the newspaper when you had, and you used to have to. I had to publish my name in the newspaper for three weeks, my old name and my new name, when I did my, my legal name change. And then your banking and all the other things that need to get done. And it's, it's interesting as a 68-year-old person when I talk to younger people, that they only have three or four things they have to change. And in my case, I have like 50 things I have to change because the older you get, the more you have. You have more credit cards, um, mortgages, just all kinds of things. Uh, one of the ones that always cracks everybody up is Netflix. Always, everybody forgets to change their name on their Netflix account. <laughs> so those kinds of things. But those are what we try to teach people that are coming out and don't know. They're just so excited about the fact that I can live my life as I want and don't realize all the things they need to do and what's legal for them to do. Uh, TAG has a, a roadmap, we call it. Uh, it's a pretty much a flowchart that tells you how you go about doing, doing your name change, basically. 
you get your legal name change done through the court system. Then you go to Social Security, get your name changed there, tell you how to go about changing your gender at Social Security. And then you can go down to DMV and get your license changed and have a new driver's license with your correct name and your correct gender marker on. Sherry is on the board of three different organizations, as well as spending most of her free time volunteering at our center, Reno. I am on the board of three organizations right now. I am on the board of PFLAG Reno, Transgender Allies Group, which is also known as TAG, and Carson Region PFLAG. I get a chance to meet a lot of people. Right now, to the best of my knowledge, I am the only trans person that volunteers here. So I get all of those trans questions all week long, get funneled to me. And it does my heart really good to be able to mentor those people, especially the young people. I always, I wind up sitting in this room here, this boardroom, a lot of times with people that are 13, 14, 15 years old, and one of their parents, or both their parents, and a lot of times the young people get very upset with their parent because the parent is having a hard time, although totally accepting, they have a hard time trying to use the child's preferred name and the preferred gender. And the children always get so upset about it. And I try to take them aside and say, you have to realize that your mom and dad agonized over finding a name for you when you were born. I did it with, you know, my wife and I did it with our three kids. It was, you know, it was something that we really thought hard about. And all of a sudden you want to change that. It's really tough for them. Uh, I have a, a sister who's a few years older than I am. Uh, she's actually three years older than I am. And she still calls me by my old name. And she tries, but she's known me by that name for 65 plus years. It's very hard for her to change that. So as long as she's accepting, I'm okay with it. And she's totally accepting with it. And those are the things that I try to, to mentor and, and teach the young people. And being here in our center gives me a great opportunity to do that. I get phone calls all the time from people. I have no clue who they are. And I always answer my phone. And it could be a telemarketer or it could be somebody who needs information about being transgender. At TAG, we put out a, um, a resource guide every year called the Northern Nevada Transgender Resource Guide. And it lists doctors, lists support groups, it lists therapists, all kinds of information. And that's something that I give out to anybody who comes in here who's trans or wants to know a little more about being trans. And we hand, hand that information out to people. So this is a great venue for me. Although I volunteer here on Friday afternoons from noon to five, and I live out in Fernley, which is a good 40 minutes from here, I spend a lot of time here. <laughs> I'm here Tuesday afternoon sometimes, and if I have to be in town for any reason, I always stop in here because I never know when there's going to be somebody who's going to need some information about what it's like to be transgender. Sherry feels blessed to have the opportunity to help trans youth find their way. When asked what advice she had for them, this is what she had to say. For me, it was very difficult to, to bridge that first gap. Once I did, it was easy to tell the other two kids. 
And after that, I had to tell my sister and my brother. And after that, it was like this huge weight was lifted off of me. And every, after that point, everybody said that I am so much more, I'm so much more happy and friendly. My middle daughter, Amy, when I always say, I haven't changed, she says, yes, you have. You talk to people now. You like people now. I've, I've heard you talk about people, that you've talked to people in an elevator, which is something you would have never done before. And I am just way more friendly. So if you're struggling with that, you never know how people are going to react. And if it's going to make you happy living your life as who you are, you need to do it and live with the consequences, whether they be good or bad, because eventually you will be happier with yourself. And that's what's important. This has been It Was a Different Time. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at It Was a Different Time for updates on upcoming episodes and portraits of all of our guests. Also, check out our website, itwasadifferenttime.wordpress.com. I'm your host, Natalie Weckeser, and thanks for listening. <laughs>